Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy Podcast. My name's Dave, and I'm your host. Today, we bring you the third of three recordings from our Tragic Heroes live event at the Dogstar in Brixton on Friday, the 21st of March. Comedy, some spoken word, and all sorts of other things. And it's all about tragic topics but some of it will be funny because we want to make you cry until you laugh and laugh until you cry that's the, the kind of vibe we're going for tonight the theme is tragic heroes so i mean from greek heroes to superheroes from kings and queens to working class heroes from the archetypal to the personal heroes tonight is about celebrating the people at the center of the tragedy the humans and the ideas of humans that fall. We're sad to say that because some of the performances in Act 3 were very much about the performance in the room, a live sort of thing, they didn't really work in audio for the podcast, so we're sorry to not be including them. And we also lost a bit of audio from one of the beta male sketches that you'll hear towards the end of the show. It's just such a good sketch that I didn't want to cut it. So here's Act 3 of Tragic Heroes. Our next performer is Michelle Madsen, who you can find at michellemadsenpoet.wordpress.com. Uh, she runs the uh, Hammer and Tongue uh, branch of... Uh, she runs the Camden branch of Hammer and Tongue, uh, and it's on the second Monday of every month, which is against, uh, up against my own nights that happens here on the second Monday of every month, but I don't hold that against her. Uh, and uh, what was it? April the 7th is the next one, which will have John Osborne and the Open Poetry Slam in it. So there you go. You should go to that or come here to my night. Which, which parent do you love the most? Uh, so, on that note, welcome to the stage, Michelle Madsen! Hello everyone. Dave, I think you're my hero. I think, I think you do awkward better than anyone I know. Okay, so um, my name's Michelle, I'm a poet, um, and um, my hero is an abstract noun. Um, I, my hero, passion, I love passion, passion. Um, but I once had a, I had a very obsessing um, uh, experience, which was the death of my hero, passion. Um, it was uh, a, a relationship that never actually happened. Um, it just sort of pretended to happen. Um, so I got sad about it and wrote a poem about it, because that's what I do. It's called Subatomic. My love for you is subatomic. So small you cannot see it. My love for you is particular and flavoursome and platonic. Now this is not how I imagined our match at the universe's bright beginning. I thought we'd ignite a spark and our love would soon be brimming over the edges of infinity. Or at least the edge of the table. That you'll tear out great clumps of my hair in a nuclear frenzy of love unstable. I'm pro-collision and pro-excitement. My heart accelerates emotionally at a rate of knots. You, impassive and insightful. The Higgs boson to my ionic clot, which I made up and then I looked it up and it was real. <laughs> in dark tunnels under Geneva, a cross of beams marks the spot where neutrality became the key in the relationship between you and me. And no, the world did not end. And yes, we are still just good friends. And instead of entering into a warm embrace and a shared desire to procreate the human race, we eat Swiss chocolate and drink cold tea and agree to go our separate ways. And looking back, looking back, that might have just been what was wrong with me. 
when I gave in to my overwhelming desire to push Stephen Hawking into the sea. Thank you. Just stand silence. I didn't really mean that. Um, Stephen Hawking is another one of my heroes, but um, I thought this was a bit of a male-dominated hero worship. So I've written a few haiku about um, tragic heroines. Um, so I also wrote a night called I'm Sorry I Haven't Haiku. It's a haiku panel game. Um, and if you want to hear some top haiku, run spontaneously, come to that. These are kind of like mediocre haiku. I wouldn't be scoring myself very highly on this. Um, but um, Anne Boleyn, I think she's a pretty tragic heroine. You know, the, the idea of the sort of Aristotelian idea of tragedy is that you sort of start off noble and then something tragic happens to you and you die, pretty much. Um, uh, she started off noble. She got married and she died. There you go. So this is Anne Boleyn. Black hair, six fingers. Just a thousand days, a queen. Henry had her head. That's, that's Anne Boleyn. Um, and, uh, this, is, uh, this is Anna Karenina. Um, fictional, not real. Um, but she had... Uh, this, is, this is sort of like a very condensed version of the story rather than actually having any gnomic meeting, meaning... Pre-Putin Russia, opera, farming, scandal, Moscow, train crash, dive. That's pretty much what happens, you don't need to read it now. Um, and then uh, the last one, of course, um, you know, you heard a bit of Elton John earlier, it has to be uh, Princess Diana. Doe-eyed Queen of Hearts, don't drive into the tunnel! Tabloids, still morning. Thank you. <laughs> That's, that's what happens with Heike. So um, another, um, another woman who I hold up to be a hero um, is the inimitable Mary Berry. Um, does anyone here watch The Great British Bake Off? Woohoo! Oh, yes. It's amazing. I don't know how tragic she is. I mean, she's probably quite successful, but she's kind of like constantly having to put up with Paul Hollywood, which I feel is a bit of a, a, bit of a fall from grace for such a wonderful woman. Um, so I wrote this uh, poem to her. Um, it's called, and she wears a lot of mascara, which I also admire in a woman of her age. Um, and, uh, but there's it's, it's quite a lot of it, so it looks as if it's in the danger of, sort of falling into batter and stuff. So, um, this is for your lashes, Mary Berry. Too rich for one so well baked. Unexpectedly caked in tarry crumbs of carbon black. Mary Berry's lashes, framing twinkles, glimmer cherries of ancient baking wisdom. Steal the show. Back wings of approbation semaphore, flashes of hot scone glamour. Glimmering treacled heart memories of how it was done in the 50s. Bake, rattle and roll. The argor, her eternal dance floor. A second golden age, more home counties than Hollywood. Kitchen aid, your prop of choice. No call for hearing aids that achieve the perfect baker's plait. Damask dimpled cheeks. Shoe buns steamed to perfection, dusted with powder, a fine icing, creased with disappointments. My buns have sunk. My sweetbreads are salted, pastry is underbaked and wet as her mascara, and yet, through my dripping sweat, I see pity shining from her tiny eyes, a twitch of the neck, a shudder of pride, and that she concedes that at least I've tried. Many have failed where you succeed, Mary. Ghost of kitchens past, queen of cakes, an accolade from you, and my stone heart breaks, a flicker of a lash, and I'm baked.
Thank you. Okay, I've got one more poem. It's, um, and it's, a, it's, it's a tragic thing that um, love can be a bit tragic and it can be a bit wonderful. Um, this, was, this guy was a bit of a hero because he uh, didn't cheat on his girlfriend to go out with me. That makes him quite tragic in my mind, but never mind. Um, this is called <laughs> With All Melt. The night you said beautiful. I laughed my ribs out in great bowers of bent roped bone which broke from me. Choking my protests in calcified smiles, beaching eventually on the ashen fireside tiles. And I thought, this night I thought, this is all a tremendous joke. That night, we built a table out of those marble arcs and lined it with a lace of ancient brides and the pink silk of pig's ears which pricked up to hear you laugh, that thick, rich mirth which stoppered all our wounds in a liniment of tumbling decibels. That night, your generosity could have tempted retiring icebergs into the sweltering gulf, eased them into the shallows where grateful starfish would petrify in the aching meltwater. That night, your generosity could have begged a pause from a heaving coal train snort and mass better than an entire horizon of red flags held up by 29 boiler-suited protesters. That night, you wore your generosity stitched around your neck in a cravat of courtesy. I searched in the arrows of the print for a caveat of infidelity made out and pointing to me. But you, you soothed the edges of her sadness. Her night fears bulk at you with a tight sprung release of so many spring lambs, those boundless leaping mutes bleating soundlessly into the dawn. And I stand alone and leave you with a gift of seven lemons. Strung up to dry in the August sun, they have lost their bitterness. Tanned by the sun, they are almost sweet. You palm the fruit carefully, as if its blanched skin would bleach the humanity from your fingertips. But the fruit is innocent, and I will wait for years, for the ears of your eyes to open and the eyes of your ears to awake. And until then, until then I am forbidden. I will sit between you like an unblooded banquo. I will make time still. Thank you very much. Okay, so now uh, it's my pleasure to introduce a, a, an act that I've been wanting to have on the bill for ages. Uh, this is going to be the Peter Mouse uh, sketch group. Uh, they have a show on on the four. Hang on, oh four. That doesn't even make sense to me. Oh four twenty nine fourteen. Does that make sense? <laughs> Must be the twenty ninth of the fourth then. Do you reckon? This is how you introduce people, isn't it? Uh, it's at the Wenlock, Wenlock and, and Essex, you should definitely go and see them there, but you're going to see them now. So, welcome to the stage, the Peter Mail! <laughs> some uh, sketch comedy for you. We're running mostly tech light, so you'll know when we've finished our sketch, because we'll go... End of sketch. sketch! If you like the sketch, that's your cue to... Clap and laugh. If you didn't like the sketch, that's your cue to... Clap and laugh. Very important. <laughs> and our sketches look a little bit like this.
second and Buzz stays behind. Okay, that's just the way it is. Come on, Neil, you're going to be the second man ever to walk on the moon. Neil Armstrong, the second man on the moon. Yeah, he's not first though, is he? We're all doing something important here, Neil. The history books are going to be full of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin and, you know, my name. Your name, yeah. <laughs> my kids think I'm walking on the moon first. Neil, I wrote an iconic first line and everything. Let me on the moon first. No. I need to poo, and I know where you keep your helmet. <laughs> you wouldn't. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? I'm a man on the edge. I've been in space too long, baby. Neil, my kids! Well, have one really smelly space, Daddy. Well, I just use another helmet. I'm not afraid to poo in all of them, all right? I will herald the coming of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Who's got the most to lose here? Okay, so if you were to just hypothetically... Hypothetically, yes. yes. If you were to go on first, I'd still be going on second, right? And Buzz stays behind. Yes. If Buzz wanted it enough, he would step up. This is Space Wars. That's something, I suppose. I'd still be going on second, and no one has to poo in anyone's helmet. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have potty to attend to. <sighs> That's one small step for man, one giant. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> We're all doing something important here. History's gonna remember all of us. Not just Neil Armstrong, not just Buzz Aldrin. 
Everybody will remember my name. <laughs> hey, Michael Collins! Thank you so much, seriously, one guy. One guy, I went to the moon. Two sit, like, okay, two guys. Fine, but, okay, but you're the minority here. That's the point. End of sketch. <laughs> Sopropolis is such a dark and gritty place these days. No one has any time for good old-fashioned happy heroes like Captain Happy and his faithful psychic reassurance boy. Hello there, Miss Peachy Keen. Say your prayers and eat your greens. And if you follow what I say, then happiness will come your way. Ah, stranger danger! I remember when the people in this city were nice. It was a golden age. Now all people want are dark and gritty heroes with tragic backstories. Heroes like the Gunisher. My family are dead! Ah! <laughs> or Dark Star Man. My planet is dead! Ah! <laughs> or Professor Tedium. I'm bored! Nothing tragic's ever happened to me. In the end, isn't that the most tragic backstory of all? No. I know! I don't belong in this city. All I want is one unhappy memory. 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 Your father's left home. To buy us new homes! Oh, hooray! Memory, 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 memory. Happy? Yes, that's. What's this? Birthday cake? No! Two birthday cakes! Hooray! Memory, 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 Happy? Yes? Remember when we told you that your dog had gone to live on that farm? Well, we're going to visit him, and the farm is Disneyland! Hooray! These cookies smell delicious! No! You've run a running race! Stop! Let's go toy shopping! Why? try and help you out. Oh, I don't think you'll be able to help. Nonsense! I can give you reassurance. Why do you think they call me Reassurance Boy? Oh, I don't know. Your only power is being able to make dogs burst. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they call me Reassurance Boy? Still, I'm here now. Give me a try. Oh, you know, just thinking of the, the, the good old days, my... Grandfather dying after achieving all of his life's goals at the age of 90. Can't see the clouds for all the silver linings. Look on the dark side. Life gave me lemons. 
I tried to make lemonade, but they were just hunks of lemon-shaped gold! At least you didn't get the lemonade you wanted! I used the gold to buy lemonade. Good lemonade. Better than I could have made! Listen! It's a huge wide world out there, and there are always people better off than you. Yes, that's why they call you Reassurance Boy. <laughs> I don't feel so good anymore. Maybe, maybe people do have it better than I do. Maybe even you. That's right. Now I better go and gather up those dogs. They can feed my crippled sisters and heroin dad. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, uh, at least I got the pain of being left alone. You should join oh, me! Oh, come on! End of sketch! Excuse me, you the new locksmith? That's me, mate. How's business? Booming, mate! Booming! Everyone down here keeps losing their bloody keys. Must have helped out 500 poor swords all stuck inside their own homes. Wow, 500 you say? Yeah, no, no payment up front, mind. Just cigarette butts and promises, but you know how it goes. Mm. No travel costs, though. It's all the same bloody address. I just go from tiny iron barred house to tiny iron barred house, and oh my god, it's a prison, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> you the warden? Was. Fine now, obviously. Right. Shall we cry together? Yes, please. <laughs> End of sketch. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side until I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying, get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Everything else stays the same. <laughs> 
Buzz, please. My kids think I'm walking on the moon. My kids! You ever seen a man do naked star jumps and zero gravity? <laughs> you have! They say he burns with a glow, like all the heavens aflame. <laughs> Hypnotic. Terrifying. They say a man doing naked star jumps in zero gravity becomes something else. <laughs> you know what they call a man doing naked star jumps in zero gravity? They call him a nightmare angel! Buzz, <laughs> my kids! Oh, oh, Buzz, there's me! No, stop it! Stop it! I can't believe there's a mirror in the back of the room for this! Oh, no, there really is! <laughs> I have to see it twice! Buzz, oh, Buzz, stop it! Alright, fine, fine! You can walk on the moon, I'll stay behind, I'll look after the ship! Are you happy? Are you happy now? He's the one you're pitying. <laughs> yes! Just gonna go and... Just gonna go and put some clothes on now. Give us a wave. Hello! <laughs> See me after the show. <laughs> starting to get a little bitter in here. <laughs>
a little girl. Well, said her mummy, would you rather have a special face like yours, or just an... Or just an ordinary face like theirs? The little girl thought for a moment. Which would you rather have, mummy? She asked. And mummy thought for a moment, then answered, Here's some bread. <laughs> Offering the little girl some breadcrumbs from her hand. The little girl pecked at them sadly. You'll see, said her mummy, as the little girl ate the bread from her hand. When you grow up, you'll be beautiful. And so her life went for a time. And day after day after day, the little girl was treated like an ugly duckling by her ordinary schoolmates. But do you know what happened then? The ordinary children grew up to have ordinary little lives. They had ordinary little jobs, and every ordinary little day was like each and every other. But what about the little girl with the face of a duck? She grew up and became a woman. And not just any woman. She became a woman with the face of a beautiful swan. <laughs> Dick was terrified. <laughs> Excuse me, you the new fireman? Sorry mate, can't hear you over the sound of my fireman hose. I'm the new fireman, you see. God, I've got an incredible range this hose. Can do 149,000 kilometers if I squeeze hard enough. Wow. Hey? Oh. Sodding love putting out fires, me. And this is easily the biggest and most dangerous fire I've ever seen. Must be about 5,000 Kelvin, I'd have said. Anyway, almost done now. Good. Not been easy, this. Putting out a perfectly spherical ball of fire with a radius of 149,000. Oh my god, it's the sun, isn't it? Yes! Shall we huddle for warmth together? Yes, please. End of sketch. Huckleberry Scamp, it's time for a story. Oh, thank you, Grandpa! Oh, now, tonight's story is going to be about monsters. Ooh, my favourite monsters, wow! That's right. Now, once upon a time, in the village of Little Fiddle, Oh, that's where we live! Nicely exposited. <laughs> there lived an extra special kind of monster Ooh. who was very hungry what? all the time what? and loved nothing more than to gobble up little children. <laughs> I'm a little child! Mm. We've established who we are. <laughs> I borrowed this off the other act. <laughs> They don't know yet, but it's not sticking well. <laughs> mm. Now, 
What made this monster so special, yeah. apart from its extraordinary appetite, was yeah. that this monster was a shapeshifter. Oh, wow, a shapeshifter! They could take any shape it desired Ooh. and roam free throughout the village, snatching up children from their beds! Ooh. Provided they weren't tucked up tight, that is. <laughs> now, this monster's favorite method yeah. of gobbling up little children yeah. was to come into their rooms at night, yeah. disguised as their grandpa, yeah. what? and read them the story of its own life. <laughs> then when the monster was finished, he'd eat their spines first. Grandpa, I don't like this twist. Grandpa Monster didn't like it when the children interrupted his story. <laughs> and just to keep the children on their toes, he would often lash out with his wild, erratic arms at completely unexpected moments. <laughs> Boom! Ah! Completely unexpected moments now, Billy. And if the young, delicious, spine-filled children fucking thing found the Grandpa Monster in their rooms, they could really tell they were in trouble if the monster had his legs crossed. Oh, no, with his right leg over left, Billy. Right over left. Head, for they won't be there when you're dead, muffled down. 
Just waiting for Buzz and Neil to get back control. It's all quiet up here. Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, don't know the fight. Michael who? Uh, Buzz Aldrin, uh, Neil Armstrong, um, something Collins. Buzz Aldrin's a really easy name to remember because it's really weird sounding. So Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, thus everyone remembers him. Is it Mark Collins? Tom Collins? Yeah, Michael Collins. Michael Collins. Who the fuck remembers Michael Collins? And I don't know the third guy. <laughs> the third guy. I think that was his name. I hate that. <laughs> I don't know who the third guy was. Probably someone Russian. I've never ever actually heard the name. Michael Collins doesn't really bounce for me. Neil Armstrong's the guy who uh, made one small step. Buzz Aldrin's got a pretty cool name. Michael Collins, bit of a shit name. Michael Collins. Now throw me a parade, brother. End of sketch. Friends with some tragedy by friending us on Facebook or following us on Twitter, go. where we're at Stand Up for Tragedy. Our website is www.standuptragedy.co.uk. And this week we're it's going to be to recording go. our next batch of podcasts at Tragic Martin, which is happening at the Hackney Attic this Thursday, the 10th of April. We've got an amazing lineup. The Story Beast, who is one of the beta males. In fact, he wasn't there for the recording that we just heard, so you were missing an essential part of the beta males, and you can hear him and see him next Thursday. We've got Alice Bell, we've got The Sound of the Ladies, we've got Jiffa Benson, Deborah Francis White, we've got really great performers. We're going to be exploring the idea of tragic martyrs. And look out for our tragic hero special that will be edited by Brian Hawkins and will be coming out next Friday. And for now, tragedy. This podcast was 